We seem to have had a bit of a, a food-related uh, theme to recent podcasts. Yeah. And um, what with um, talking about food on stage when we had Sarah Hemming as our guest and then last week you yeah. ended with a brilliant story about Paul Arrego and cabbages. And I thought I would just conclude this thought by yeah. saying, by telling another story that Sarah Hemming remembered when she got home, as you always do, you always think of something you wish she'd said. Yes. And once a long time ago, she was interviewing um, an Eastern European theatre director who was staging a production of Ubo with vegetables playing the characters that he, uh, that Ubo killed. And <laughs> so she went to the market with Ubo, uh, with the director. Yeah. And they auditioned vegetables for a suitability to appear on stage. And, you know, looked at aubergines and courgettes and leeks. And finally he came out with a line that they could have anything except mushrooms. Yeah. Because mushrooms had no stage presence. <laughs> And so now every time I look at a mushroom sitting on my plate, I think, no stage presence. I know. And there I was thinking he was a really fun guy. (laughs) Oh, no, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, let's begin this week's episode of As the Actress Said to the Critic with me, the critic, Sarah Crompton. And I'm the actress, Nancy Carroll. (laughs) And um, actually, uh, childlike behaviour is is very suitable because we thought we'd, in the run up to Christmas, it it is the time when everybody is thinking about taking their children to the theatre for some reason. So we thought we might talk a little bit about our experience of children's shows, both as adults and as children. Yeah. And um, I've always had a kind of great fondness for children's shows because it is undoubtedly true that... I started to love theatre because of a theatre show. And I've said this before, I still have the programme for The Princess and the Swineherd at Manchester Library Theatre when I would have been, I don't know, really quite young, about six. And I hadn't been to the theatre before. The really weird thing about this is I must have gone with my parents, but I have no memory of them being with me. All I remember is how the sort of light from the stage yes, and the sense of being totally engrossed in the story and the feeling of the seats. They were red plush and a bit prickly and I must have been in a party frock and so the back of my legs were kind of prickled by the seat and it was an entirely positive experience. I mean, every time I've ever thought about it in successive years, I've felt this really strong sense of kind of longing and happiness and indeed when they change the interior of the library theatre I kind of cry because that you know that whole very visceral memory yes gone have you got have you got a show that you really remember um in terms of kids shows I think the most clear in my mind are shows I've taken the kids to as a parent and and how interesting it is to sit there as a parent, partly immersed as a theatre lover, yeah. partly immersed as a parent, and then also immersed in watching your child react to it and whether or not they're gripped or how much they wriggle. Or... And, and the thing that amazes me, and having gone, you know, endlessly, you know, and very, very happily to the polka, to the unicorn, you know, which I, I just love as spaces. And mm. also when the National, the RSC do big, you know, children's shows or they they run educational events around those shows, you know, or even when I've done 
Shakespeare plays that I've been in and we've run lots of educational shows for much younger groups than I imagine. But actually, if it's taught in the right way or it's presented in the right way, they are no less immersed than yeah. any other member of the audience. And that's that's the craft, isn't it? It's That's the craft, the, the, the sort of you know, frequency on which to communicate. Yeah, yeah. That and isn't patronising, yeah. it's completely true, and that it taps into something that is just it, it, transportative. Is that a yeah, word? Right, will do. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's right. I think it's such a fine um, balancing act with kids' shows. And there are um, sort of lots of nice ones coming up. I think uh, the unicorn is doing... Um, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, and I've had very mixed experiences with Pinocchio down the years. There was, uh, so one of my children was completely scarred by the experience of seeing Will Tuckett's ballet of Pinocchio, which was genuinely terrifying. Yeah. And it was just absolutely the bit where the donkeys are led off. Uh, spoiler alert, oh. to become glue. Um, it was really oh. hard for him. And then the other chat Generations of vegetarians. Yeah. Yes. Well, he is, you know, so yeah. it probably was that moment. Thanks, Will. And uh, the other one is sort of was older when we went, but didn't care for a version we went yeah. to see. Um, so, um, but then we've seen things that we've loved. I remember we had a particularly, again, ballet, but um, particularly successful Wind in the Willows, which had a narration... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was um, wonderful, you know. Yes. So they told the story, and they acted it, and then, yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? We had lots of very good things at Edinburgh actually that we saw. Yes, yes, I was not in say. children's season and street theatre in Edinburgh. Yeah. again, particularly, uh, you know, can catch you by surprise at how brilliant it is. I remember seeing one, and it was this guy was was rather fantastic, and he was doing various sort of juggling and acrobatics, and then he got this little boy out of the audience, and he was like, "Hi." But really wasn't patronising at all. What's your name? I think it was called James. And uh, what do you what do you do for a living? And he said uh, uh, nothing. I'm at school. And he went right, right. And do you have a girlfriend? And he went no. And he said, uh, do you think that's connected with you not having a job? <laughs> it just, <laughs> no, really. And it was just brilliant because this was kid was slightly nonplus, but it was again it's this frequency thing that he was able to do it in a completely unpatronising way that this kid knew that he was slightly the butt of the joke but but it was done with such love and Udderbelly again uh, on the South Bank I've taken the kids to brilliant clowning shows yes. clowning is such an interesting thing because yeah. again you know generations beyond uh, the use of animals in shows and, and clowning becomes a very different thing and um, you know the circus what circus is you know is is, is fascinating and, and kids the way that they react to that you know that they, they are sort of transported I think you can over worry about it as well because I was so kind of keen with my children that because I'd love theatre that they would love theatre yes. you know I'm sure you're in and I think you're in the same position I think a lot of parents do really want their children to have sort of an another string to their bow somehow yes. that something that they're interested in that isn't screen based that isn't sport based yeah that is is just you know an extension of their imagination really and I, I that has been my experience with so many parents but I think then you you kind of drag them along to things that they they may not like yeah or you uh, worry too much if they don't react and then you find years down the line that they have I remember taking my younger 
boy, younger son, to um, The Snowman, which oh, at yeah. that time was a bit moth-eaten, actually. I mean, it's right. been a long time. But And I kind of worried because I felt it was sort of slightly moth-eaten. Yes. But he really loved it because yeah. the storytelling was so clear and those transformational effects of theatre. I yes. think one of the things I'd say about kids' show is you want a tiny bit of actual magic. You yeah, want yeah. you want somebody maybe to fly or to produce a bouquet where you don't expect it yes, to. Yes, yes. Or to have a tiny, tiny bit of sort of stage magic, really, yes. where something happens in front of your eyes that yeah, you can't yeah, quite yeah. believe you've just seen. I mean, I, I, but that, for, for Joe and I, when we've taken them, you know, and famously, I remember sitting at the um, polka in a toddler show with Nell when she was tiny weenie, and they are brilliant for that. They will do yeah. stuff that, you know, literally from baby age. Uh, and it was something really innocent, and I can't even remember what it was. I think it was based on an Oliver Jeffries book. So sorry, forgive my brain. But but what was brilliant is that, you know, and, and Nell was gripped, but Joe was sobbing. Yes. <laughs> Surrounded by all these toddlers. It's just a very beautiful, pure experience. And because, and, and I think what's brilliant about the a child, a, a children's audience and a child's watching, looking, is that it's literal. Yeah. And that that's and that's what's so perfect. Yeah. They don't do irony, they don't do patronising, they don't do um, you know you know. And you can play with those frequencies as as people do in lots of shows that are for the whole family. But but and that's what's so beautiful. I remember seeing uh, the Elephantom that I think was in the shed, that brilliant space that National had up, which I sort of wish they hadn't got rid of. It was a really really interesting place, and well, they did brilliant brilliant shows there. Real mix, I think it was brilliant programming. The Elephantom, which I think, if I remember rightly, had a little or no spoken words in it, but music and uh, Audrey uh, Brisson, who then later uh, more recently played Amelie in Amelie the Musical, who I just think is beautiful, beautiful actress, was the little girl who the blue elephant was her imaginary friend. And this elephant sort of appeared as a little elephant uh, initially... And then as she sort of accepted it into her life, it got bigger and bigger and bigger until they then blew. And I saw the same sort of piece of magic done, which I think I've mentioned in another podcast. They did uh, Raymond Briggs's The Bear, I think, at the Unicorn of the Polka. Maybe the Polka. And they used the same thing, which was this beautiful, almost parachute fabric puppet-style balloon effect so that the puppet is able to to go through a small space and then with the air pumped into it then fills and becomes this extraordinary object, you know. And so for a child to be sat, as ours were, on the front row... uh, sort of tucked into the side, I think we were behind a banner, but but this large blue balloon elephant bounced around oh, touching brilliant. all the kids yeah yeah and and they were just like oh and it was uh, it was just such a thing of beauty and you couldn't help but feel the child in yeah, you get yeah. equally excited when the when the elephant brushed past yeah. it is it is true because i've just seen uh my neighbor totoro at the um uh 
RSC, which is obviously Beautiful. the RSC, yeah. is kind of huge, um, kind of. Yeah, um, great story, though. Great story, lovely, lovely film, beautifully done. Um, right. Philip McDermott, who um, worked with Improbable Theatre and who is the perfect choice of director, I think, because he understands that nature of, you know, theatrical wonder. Yeah, yeah. What's so interesting about seeing that is obviously it's a lovely story, it's a great film, and I had quite a lot of hesitations in advance about seeing it because. Because I, I was wary of the the sense of transference right. of a film, you know, film that people love to the stage because it's going to be popular. Nevertheless, it has two qualities. One is it makes you feel about six. I did throughout it yes, feel yes. about six. And the other is that in some ways McDermott is so clever. He plays with the what theatre can and can't do. Yeah, so yeah. he's got these puppeteers who come on, who kind of announce themselves as being puppeteers. They're all in black, but they lift up their veils and they kind of interact with the audience. How lovely. But then when they put their veils down, yes. they're invisible. And that's the conceit of it. So you keep having moments where they're funny yes. and they're part of the action and they become neighbours and friends. But then when they put the veils down and they put um, the soot sprites on their long poles, you you do accept the convention yes. of... Um, uh, 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 of not seeing them, you know, yes, and you yes, just yes. concentrate on the rights. And also that has the same thing. It has, you know, the cat is a sort of illuminated balloon. And everybody just, and the, and the little wood sprites, you know, when they appear, everybody goes, yeah, oh, yeah. and they're simple, but they, they have got this quality. There is something sort of wonderful about seeing them in front of your eyes. Yes. Which everybody responds to. And it is that thing, isn't it, that... I wonder if the emotional brain sort of supersedes the the logical brain at that point because you know invariably particularly with my my son he'd always be like afterwards so how do they do it? Yeah. You know, because even, you know, when, when he was tiny, we took him to the Lion King or I remember when Joe was doing, who was around at that point? Was Nell around at that point? That, that when he was doing The Invisible Man at the chocolate factory and the magic circle guy who's done all the magic in um, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. You know, and all the actors are sworn to secrecy because it is so special. Yeah. And, you know, just the, the concept of somebody coming out of something else yeah. is an extraordinary thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is that interest because that is that tension between uh, Harry Potter has got the best sort of... Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has got the most magical special effects that yeah, you really yeah. can't work out how they've done them. Yes. And then other shows work so well by showing their workings, yes. but in a way that does still make you gasp and, and glad to be there. I remember the National did, you know, Katie Mitchell, who is director, I hugely admire, I think was one of the great directors of our age. Yeah. Um, when she had a child, she wanted to do something her child could come to because yeah. all her shows are normally so very, very dark <laughs> and she felt the child couldn't come. So she did a version of the cat in a hat, oh, yes. which was just unbelievably magical. And that was one where my husband was, you know, the most entranced of anybody because he kept going, how did they do that? Because it really made you feel the book had come to life. Yes, and you kept yes. seeing images from the book in front of your eyes. Yes. And it, it was terrific, really. But it, it is such a craft. I mean, but then on the other we spectrum, end of the spectrum, we've seen children's shows that are entirely silly. Yeah. Like uh, we saw in, in the in the Dolphin and the National again, Mr Gum and uh, 
his, his dancing bear and or his, his dancing bear his musical, musical. Yeah. which was sort of anarchic. And I can remember as a kid going to see Our Chaos. Yes. At Clapham Common. Yes, which was they were those, amazing. They were amazing. But they, they had but, chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's slightly different. Sort I think I was a teenager. <laughs> but, it, but it is an interesting thing about, you, you, in terms of the language that kids respond to, anarchy yeah. is an unexpected one. You know, and that's sort of in the world of magic as well, because what you're doing is playing with perceived barriers, I suppose. And you're like, no, 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 that's a door. Somebody can't walk through it. That's insane. You know, and again, anarchy, again, is changing the rules. You know, you can't put a chainsaw through a person or you can't, (laughs) you know, but it's the same. And and for that, that wild notion that everything they've been taught into that up to that point is somehow up for grabs, yeah. that naughtiness. Like Matilda, you know, yeah. was so brilliant about the concept. Well, brilliant. And Matilda, which is Royal Dahl, has an anarchy to his writing, which is so sublime. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and That I, remains one of the most perfect um, kid shows. I mean, you know, I know it's expensive to go, but I, I do think Matilda... It was. It's one of those moments where everything came together. You know, yeah, Tim yeah, Minchin's yeah. lyrics, Dennis... Kelly's book um, again the magic tricks in the staging because they yes. are deliberately there and it's just uh, I mean our boys were just about at the the absolute sort of last moment of their childhoods to see it and yet I've known you know loads of children after them go yeah, and yeah. just respond to it so strongly yeah. it's such terrific music. we had it on constantly in the car I think for about three years and we could all <laughs> recite the lyrics word for word. And I think that's what's so brilliant about any story is that if you keep discovering greater and greater depths and meaning and joy, then you just, you know, it yeah. has a timeless quality that you just think would do, but, which is in the book, but it's also in Tim Minchin's um, lyrics, I just think are genius. Yeah. And, and also, a, spoiler alert, I mean, when I grow up, the, the way in which that was staged, mm. um, it just pulls on your heartstrings in a way that it, it it's visceral and it, yeah. it play as a parent watching it. I mean, I, I don't think I was alone in sobbing my way through yeah, it. It's just yeah. so beautiful. Just with the I don't I don't know, I shouldn't even say shouldn't swings. just in case people are we allowed to say swings? I think we there are swings. swings. There are swings, swings and it is magical and it does just tear your heartstrings out. Yeah. And it's just it's Definitely just glorious. Going. But it but also sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. Yeah. I we just per- love that perfect I, message for I children. Know, but it is but again, you know, as a as a sort of as an adult in those moments you think, Do I dare say this thing? Do I dare whatever, you know, moving forward? In any walk of life, in work, in, you know, in life, do I dare? And sometimes if you don't dare, you're saying the situation that you're in is okay, and she dares, you know, and sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. I thought the number of times I've been in the car sort of driving away from a meeting. (laughs) I can't go on. (laughs) And then you go, no, 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 sometimes I have to be a little bit naughty. Move forward, keep going, keep going, you know, bang on the door. The other thing I'd just like to say before we roll this up, but um, you've mentioned that Polka and the Unicorn. What I've liked always about um, regional theatres is so many regional theatres have really quite, they take children's shows really seriously. Yeah, very much so. There are a lot of 
Christmas carols about at the moment, which I know, having been around the country looking at them, are, are done sort of full of heart. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, carol singers, you know, the old Vic ones got bells and things, and it's wonderful. But I've seen, I saw a lovely Christmas carol um, at the West Yorkshire Playhouse. And um, the, the Lion and Richard, Witch in the Wardrobe, which has come in yes. from, uh, which is, is on a tour and now in. Um, in 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 London has come in from regional theatres and you know it's such a strong show and I think that seriousness with which theatrical people take yes. kids shows is very touching but also means that actually you know you probably will strike it lucky because they've taken it you know very seriously about what they're but putting you, on it stage. Reconnects, it reconnects uh, practitioners, I think, with. The base notes of storytelling, yeah, because because kids are such discerning audiences for all the right reasons. It really makes you think. Okay, why do we want to tell this story? What is joyous? What is important? What is what is the message? You know, and 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 out of that can come the magic and the anarchy yeah. and everything else. But but it, it but it is a good reminder. It's a good sort of salve in terms of it takes you back to the yeah. foundations of why we do what we do. Yeah, and why did, you want to go. Why, yeah. You know, as we're talking, I keep thinking of things I really love, like Tintin, Rufus Norris did yeah. a brilliant Tintin, which I, you know, it was magical. So. I was in the first line of The Witch and the Wardrobe, the RSU. It was my first job. And, and, um, and I'm sure I've said this before, but Adrian Noble, was, who was the artistic director of the RSC at the time, was very, very clear to us about, you know, you have to totally believe in this world. And, the, and, and, I, and I think, you know, as a, as a story, you, you know, it's a, a huge part of the children's canon. But that production and the nature of, yeah. of people wanting to revisit it is, is down to Adrian and down to that original score and script and... and because it was it, it, it was told with with purity of heart yeah. and people who genuinely genuinely loved it and and yeah. and the kids you know we had kids trying to join us on stage because they were like Narnia is there <laughs> That's so it's nice. not a stage that is Narnia yeah. you know so and, nice. and that we totally believed we yeah. were the Pevensies and yeah. the beavers and the hags and the witches and everything else and Aslan was Aslan yeah. because of Adrian's direction and yeah. and you know and I hope that's why it's still being done now. You know? Yeah, I think that's why the prince and the swine, princess and the swine had spoke to me so many years ago. I've always wanted to scramble up on the yeah. stage and join in. So who knows if you go and take your children to a Christmas show this year, what they'll end up being yeah. sitting doing a podcast yeah. and talking about the wonder of theatre, which is a good note, I think, to end on and say goodbye from me, Sarah Crompton, the critic. And goodbye from me, Nancy Carroll, the actress. <laughs>